Let's go to 1 John uh, chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. As the, as the world has over and over again in, in what Revelation calls, uh, you know, the spirit of Babylon. Um, really, it started, uh, it's funny how it's always kind of been in that, you know, been in that region. It started in the, the Garden of Eden, right, where, um, you know, the, the subtle one comes along and, and uh, just, just plants those thoughts in the, in the, in the minds of mankind. Uh, probably, if you get these ideas of being so devoted to God out of your mind, you could really do some big things. You know, God is holding you back from being everything that you could be. And it's that humanistic spirit, right? The pride of life came about there. And that's the, the spirit of Babylon. And, and uh, in the Tower of Babel, uh, you know, we saw it there. And, and even the climate uh, before the, the flood was sent, you know, it was just a very independent, spirited, mankind, humanistic, uh, just sowing to the flesh, leading to violence, and men wanting their own way. And, and, and so to those agendas... Which, man, they always fall back to their default settings, you know, and, and in pride, what they can aspire to, what they can build apart from God. There's always been those God-fearing people, and they're a pesky lot, you know. They just, they never, they never just quite just go along with, with the agenda, you know. They, it's hard to get Christians to drink the Kool-Aid, <laughs> Because Christians, you know, we're a weary group. <laughs> we, like to, uh, we like to just make sure. We like to test the waters. We're, we're, we're given so much disclosure in the Word of God that we're always, you know, we're always, I guess, in guard, on guard accordingly. And so talking about, uh, you know, how, how do Christians respond uh, to, to the whole, let's just replicate it again, the, the spirit of Antichrist. It's just that same old spirit of, of, of Babylon and, and of, uh, of Babel and uh, the Garden of Eden. Um, you know, once again, it's, it's the Christians, it's uh, the Christians that stand in the way of it. And you can see that even today, can't you? I mean, just the, the, the globalist agenda and everything that's, this, that, uh, um, that's being uh, perpetrated and, and sought to be pushed forward. I mean, what type of people primarily stand in the way of that? Well, you know, uh, Christians that are saying, no, you know, God, God has ways of doing things, and, and He has a plan, and we, and we want to uh, look to, to His ways and, and uh, what He says this earth is all about, and the fact that this earth isn't going to last forever, and, and He's preparing a, a place that He wants us to be with Him forever, and just all of, we're very dogmatic people. You know why? Because Jesus was very dogmatic. Jesus said, I am the way. <laughs> and so when we follow Jesus, truth is confrontational. Truth is absolute. You know, uh, when 2 plus 2 equals 4, 4 stands in the way of every other potential answer you'd want to put in there. And when Jesus is the truth, you know, and he is the way, that's confrontational. It's, it's interesting that in order, for, in order for the one world leader to really come about and, and, and flourish for the time he's going to flourish in that humanistic setting, um, you know, Christianity is pretty much 
It stands to reason that it's taken out at that point. If there's, if there's a billion Christians here, is, uh, is, is there going to, is, is, the, uh, is, the, is the, the counterfeit Messiah really going to be able to, to have his, his peaceful world dominion? No. It just, it just, you can, it just makes sense that we're, you know, we're not going to be around anymore. Uh, the dogmatic people right now, you know, the other ones really, and, it, and it's not for, for godliness, but, um, you know, uh, Islam is very dogmatic. Well, the Bible tells us they're going to go after Islam is going to have a confederacy that's going to go after Israel, and that's going to be the worst day ever for them. And so it stands for, to reason then, well, Christianity predominantly is going to be gone. Islam is going to be devastated, right? And you say, well, what about the Jews? Well, there is going to be revival. It's going to be a glorious revival. Uh, after the church age, you know, God is once again going to, to focus in a great way on Israel, and there is going to be a great revival there. But the reason why it seems to, the, the, the reason why the, uh, the, the one world leader and, and counterfeit Messiah is going to be able to, um, you know, to really have sort of free recourse, even with, 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 with Judaism being present, is that the modern concept of Messiah these days is globalism. They're looking, they're looking for the earth to become basically the kingdom. <laughs> that, that, that uh, yes, we recognize God, but God, God's ways really, they're going to become, you know, they're going to become here on earth, and we're looking for an earthly leader to, to, to lead us in those things, peace on earth. And so they're going to be duped. They're going to be, they're going to be, they're going to be duped by the, uh, uh, by the beast, by the, uh, uh, the little horn, uh, by the Antichrist, until the, the scales fall off. And the Bible talks about this uh, uh, you know, a number of times, and maybe some more specific study for another time, but where there's going to be all of a sudden, you know, it seems like it's going to happen pretty rapidly. Uh, Jewish people are going to turn by the droves. They're going to realize Jesus was the Messiah all along. And it's going to click for them. And at that time, the wrath is going to be unleashed on them probably like never before, it seems as though, the way it's described. And they're going to become the ultimate target uh, once again. And, uh, you know... Uh, messianic Jews are the ones that I think the devil hates the worst of anybody. Uh, one, uh, a Jewish person that, uh, that recognizes Christ as, as, as a Messiah. Um, and so you see on the world stage, you know, all these things uh, uh, coming about, and it is interesting. It's, it's, uh, it's remarkable how it's, uh, it's all, all, all playing out. And so what about the Christian uh, during this time? Well, uh, let's uh, look at, uh, at, at uh, 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And so we know that, that we're not going to, uh, we, we can see, and I think it just makes a lot of sense, the sequence of events, that Christians are going to be with Jesus um, before the Antichrist is revealed. But it says here in 1 John chapter 4, Beloved, believe not every spirit. See, this is, why, this is the type of thing that keeps Christians from just going with the flow. 
Because, you know, when we see things like that, we're like, yeah, we're not going to believe every spirit. We're going to try that thing. Um, and there's something within our spirit is the spirit of God is there that, that, that gives us discernment. And the spirit of God helps us to, to discern whether it's of, you know, it's of him or, or not. And, uh, and so that's why we're an ornery bunch, I guess. But, uh, you know, but ultimately it's because we're we want to be surrounded to the Lord. We want to be yielded. We just want to be yielded to the right thing, right? Uh, so let's pray. Lord, I pray that you'd help us now as we look at your word just to uh, ponder some things together that would be helpful to us in, in this day and every day. And uh, uh, we glory, uh, Lord, in, 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 in you. And, and uh, we are so thankful that we found you, as the song said. And that was the greatest day ever, and it's going to, uh, to go on uh, for, forever, the, the, the implications of it. And just help us as we look at these truths now. In Jesus' name, amen. Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits. Try the spirits, whether they are of God. Always try the spirits if they're of God. Because the Bible warns us many times that there's spirits that aren't of God that would seek, Jesus said, to deceive, if possible, even the elect. Now, if we're not believing every spirit, we're, we're trying the spirit, whether they be of God, then it's not going to be possible to deceive the elect. But it doesn't mean that, uh, you know, that the effort isn't going to be there. And that's why, I mean, knowing that, uh, that, that, that the wicked one would deceive, if possible, even the elect, you know, we want to be on guard. We, want to be, we don't want to be deceived. We want to just go along with every, every uh, um, w you know, way of thinking and, and everything uh, that you know, man comes up with uh, the, the the flavor of the month and and whatever they want to say is politically correct for the moment. Well, just because it's politically correct doesn't mean it's biblically correct. I'm a lot more interested in what's biblically correct than what's politically correct. Now, if the two come together, fine. If not, not interested. And uh, but try the spirits whether they are of God, because. Many false prophets are gone out into the world. Okay, now that's, that's the, uh, you know, people would say, you're paranoid. You know, you're just, I mean, you're, uh, you're, look, you're looking for, 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 for things to be scared of when they don't exist. You know, there's uh, the boogeyman's in the closet. Well, it says here in the Bible, there's many false prophets that have gone out into the world. And if a false prophet was easily, easily discerned, then we wouldn't be given these warnings. Because the false prophets are within the, the spirit of the false one himself, the, the biggest liar of all. And the biggest liar of all is a really good liar. And uh, some of the biggest lies sometimes are the ones that fly, believe it or not. When they're told often enough and when they're packaged the right way. And it is... Now, ultimately, I, I believe, you know, that the elect, I mean, uh, Jesus says, my sheep, you know, they hear my voice, they recognize my voice. And I do think that, that Jesus speaks to us through the lies, and, and sometimes when we're getting a little mesmerized, you know, his, his voice is, is kind of lost amongst the, you know, all the chatter. All of a sudden, his voice does come through, and sometimes, you know, it wakes us out of our stupor. And... Uh, um, 
you know, Christians can start to kind of go along with some, some, some far-fetched stuff. But, uh, you know, Jesus says, uh, my sheep will hear my voice, and, uh, and, 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 and they don't, they're not going to be deceived. Because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus has come in the flesh is of God. And so if there is sincerity to say that we believe that Jesus came to this earth, we believe that historical account, we believe that, that, that biblical account, we believe what it, said, what it says about his perfect life, we believe what he said while he was here about that he is the way and about what, uh, him going uh, to prepare a place and he's coming back again for us and his resurrection power and all the gospel truth that goes with Jesus coming, that, that statement that is given there. Because Jesus came so that the whole world might have light. And, uh, and that, that's the a, 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 a manifestation of Jesus, his come in the flesh. And so that's the spirit that we're looking for. That's the spirit we're looking for. And I don't care how great and compassionate and loving and um, tolerant and all-inclusive it sounds. If it doesn't confess that Jesus is, that, who he is, then I, I'm not interested in that dogma. Um, I'm interested in Jesus. I'm interested in his word. And I'm interested in the true love that is always consistent with truth that he stands for. And, you know, we have, to, we have to worship God in spirit and truth, with the right attitude, but always in the context of truth. Always in the context of truth. And so it says, And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. Uh, now, recently, uh, we had a, a, a you know, we, we, we've had, it is, it is remarkable in our nation that we have a day of prayer. And many times uh, that, you know, that day of prayer has been promoted in, in, uh, in a godly fashion in, in a way that you know, can draw many people um, to think about God and even pray in Jesus' name. But uh, this last day of prayer we have is just about the most pitiful thing I've ever witnessed uh, in relation to prayer. Uh, there wasn't a mention of God, let alone Jesus, uh, in, the whole <laughs> in the whole promotion of it. And I know that there were people that, that, that did uh, promote it in the right way. I'm talking about from the top. And, uh, and so, you know, the confessing that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. And, and every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. Um, and I like it when people pray and they pray in Jesus' name. You know, let's just be clear. Let's be clear by, by whose name we approach God. Let's just not leave it nebulous because there's a lot of, there's a lot of concepts. You know, just because someone talks about God, their concept of God might be way far from anything that the Bible says is about God. Don't, don't be fooled by that. Um, even the devils, they believe in concepts of God. And uh, they're behind a lot of the concepts of God. Um, but, uh, but not Jesus. Uh, Jesus says God. And we pray in Jesus' name. And we confess that Jesus is who the Bible says he is. And it says, and this is that spirit of what? Of Antichrist. That's the spirit of Antichrist. Now, it doesn't say it is the Antichrist. That's going to be kind of the full-fledged manifestation of that spirit. Um, but it's the spirit of it. Whereof ye have heard that it should come, and even now already is it in, uh, in the world. And so the spirit of Antichrist is it's present in the world. 
It's here already. And that's why we're supposed to be trying the spirits. That's why as, as Christians, we're supposed to, number one, acknowledge that the spirit of Antichrist exists. Now, we're not, we're not glorifying it. Uh, we're not afraid of it, but we have to acknowledge it. We have to acknowledge that it exists so that we can, we can be on guard to test the spirit of things all the time. And I believe the spirit of Antichrist is controlling a lot of the, uh, the communication nowadays. It's interesting that, that, that the devil is called the prince of the power of the air. <laughs> and, uh, man, he seems like he's controlling a lot of the airwaves, <laughs> you know. Uh, but the spirit of Antichrist is, is predominant through a lot of the, you know, the, 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 it's gained a foothold in a lot of the means of communication and even what's called education. The spirit of Antichrist. And, uh, and so acknowledge the spirit of Antichrist. Number two, do not align yourself with the spirit of Antichrist. And we see, we see that uh, clearly. Um, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits, whether they are of God. Don't align yourself with that. And how are you going to not align yourself with it? You have to discern it. You have to discern whether it's the spirit of Antichrist. You need to, you need to, 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 uh, uh, to, to think about that a bit and think about the messages and think about uh, what is, 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 is promoted as truth. Is it really truth? And, you know, look beyond just the veneer. Look beyond the polished exterior. Look beyond the packaging and look to the heart of it. And see what the spirit of that um, is. And don't align yourself with the spirit of Antichrist. And Christians, you know, that's why, that's why we end up ultimately being the target of the agenda. I mean, as, it, as, as, as things trickle, you know, down more and more and more and more and more to, you know, to what really gets targeted, well, what really gets targeted is that which stands in the way. And the spirit of Antichrist is going to target Christians because we're the threat. You see? And uh, try to get that obstacle, you know, uh, shame that obstacle, guilt trip that obstacle. Um, say that if you, if you speak dogmatically, you're not loving. If you speak of dogmatic truth, you know, from the Bible, you're not tolerant. And whatever terms the devil wants to throw out there to try to make you feel guilty and to try to make you feel like you, you're not loving and you're not compassionate and... Uh, you know, it's, it's, he's the master liar. And he's the accuser of the brethren. You think about that. When you think of the spirit of something, you think of him being the accuser of the brethren. And when, when, uh, when those that are seeking to stand for right are accused, well, who do you think is behind that? Where do you think that spirit's coming from? You can discern those things, can't you? And you don't have to fall for it. Uh, <laughs> If God be for us, who can stand against us? And he is for us. And God by, by himself is a majority. And so uh, God plus you certainly is a, is a majority, right? Um, so you stick with that. But, uh, so don't, do not align yourself with the spirit of Antichrist. And it says there in verse uh, 3, and this is the spirit of Antichrist. Wherefore you have heard that it should come, and even now already um, is it in the world. And so... Um, in 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, 1 John chapter 2, uh, verse 15, it says, Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now, it's not talking about 
not enjoying the uh, creation and things that God has given us. We live in a beautiful state here. Uh, I love where we live. We're surrounded by lakes, and uh, we got a little property there by the river, and I like to take walks out there. And I, you know, in that sense, I love it. I enjoy it. Um, but it's talking about the world system. Do not be conformed to this world, the world system. Ultimately, uh, the, uh, uh, the, the God of this world is promoting a system that we have to be weary of. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the, lust of the eyes, the pride of life, there it is, is not of the Father, but it's of the world. Now look at this. Those that align themselves with that, they think that they're building something here on earth that they, they can last forever. And there's a certain uh, um, uh, elite uh, part of population right now that's trying to find ways to live forever. And they, feel, they think they're on the brink uh, in, in, in some regards. Finding ways that last forever. And, uh, um, you know, there's been people that come up with all kinds of wild ideas as to how that can happen. And, 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 uh, and some of the stuff that they're, they're, they're coming up with now is, <laughs> it, it, is, it is interesting, you know, like God said when he saw those guys working on, on, on the Tower of Babel, he said, wow, you know, I'm going to go interrupt that because these guys all get together and there's, there's, a, there's very little restraining them to come up with just about anything they put their mind to. <laughs> And, and it is true. I mean, it is remarkable that man being made in the image of God, even though they push God to the side, you know, having that God-given creativity and genius, um, what they can accomplish. But here's the thing. Just like man, you know, you know mankind has a 100% you know, mortality rate. Uh, man, we don't last, physically speaking. And everything that man seeks to do without the life giver isn't going to last either. And it says here in verse 17, and the world, the world system, and the world literally one day, and the world, what? Passeth away. And the lust thereof, all of its desires, all of its aspirations, all of its dreams, all of its humanistic agenda will pass away. And I see people, you know, putting all their eggs in that basket, and I, and I think, you know, don't they know that that this is going to come to an end? What are they investing in? And, and to what, you know, what, what, to what a, a cost are they willing to, to, uh, to invest in that? And the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. And, and it says, The world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God, what? Abideth forever. Abideth forever. Little children, um, it is the, the last time, and as you've heard, that the Antichrist shall come. Even now there are many Antichrists, whereby we know that it is uh, the last time. And so throughout the, the church age, there have been many little Antichrists. In other words, those that come with the spirit of Antichrist. That's why a lot of times, you know, preachers have said, I'm pretty sure that's the Antichrist right there. <laughs> um, well, A, I think they're missing the point that we're, we're not going to be there for that. But B, uh, you know, there's a lot of little antichrists that come with that same spirit and promote that same, that same uh, godless agenda, all right? Um, and so, but the will of God, uh, that abides forever. And that's why you can't, you can't threaten a Christian. Like a Christian that has their eyes wide open, how can you threaten them? I mean, we're no, we know we're a part of something that lasts forever, <laughs> So what, what can you threaten a Christian with? You can't. 
And throughout the ages, that's been borne out over and over and over and over again. And that's the frustration <laughs> of the devil himself and everybody within his spirit is he can't buy off a Christian. Because we already have everything that we could ever want and more. We could even dream and it's surpassed forever. And preparations are being fully made for that. Um, and so uh, as a Christian, you know, we're not, me we're not meant to fit in. We are meant to stand out. We're not meant to fit in. We're meant to stand out. Um, I love John 17. And uh, let's go to John chapter 17. Just look at, uh, at I call this Lord's Prayer. And, and uh, you know, I know uh, uh, it's not normally referred to as the Lord's Prayer, but it's Jesus' prayer for his people. In John chapter 17. And uh, we'll pick it up in verse 13, John chapter 17, verse 13. It says, And now come I to thee, and these things I speak in the world, that they might have my, jo uh, have my joy fulfilled in themselves. I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of this world. You see that there? <laughs> That's why ultimately, you know, Christians just stand in the way, because we're not of this world system. And, and, and we never can be, ultimately. We're trying to reach people out of this world system. <laughs> We're salt and light to the world. We're agents of change uh, to the world. And uh, um, so Jesus prays for us, and he says, I have given them thy word, and the world hath hated them, because they are not of the world, even as I am not of the world. When you feel like you're not of the world, that's fine. Jesus wasn't either. Jesus came to be an agent of rescue for the world, didn't he? <laughs> I pray not thou shouldest take them out of the world, there's a purpose for us being here still, but that thou shouldest keep them from the evil. They are not of the world, even as not I am not um, of the world. And then in Philippians chapter 2, verse 15, it says, that you may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God without rebuke, in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights uh, in the world. Now, I think of America and uh, you know, kind of the glorious uh, heritage, unlike any other nation, really, it's unique. Um, but it, it's, it looks like that, that glorious ship is taking on water. Now, hopefully, it'll get a, you know, hopefully we'll be able to bail it out and patch it up for a while longer. Uh, but I don't know. You know, I don't know, I don't know if we are not. But, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe America is going to become, you know, what's characterized as a crooked and perverse nation. But if it is, well, what are we going to do? By God's grace, we're going to shine as lights in that crooked and perverse nation. Nothing's going to change for us. Our goal is still the same. And uh, so number three, uh, a Christian can point others to an alternative to the spirit of Antichrist. Point others to an alternative of the spirit of Antichrist. Um, don't align yourself with that spirit. Uh, point others to an alternative of the spirit of Antichrist. Back in 1 John chapter 4, where we started out, uh, 1 John chapter 4, in, uh, in, in verse uh, 4, that's where we are. It says, Year of, of God, little children, and have overcome them, because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. And so what do we want to do as Christians? We don't align ourselves with the spirit of Antichrist, and we want to point others to an alternative 
to the alternative for the spirit of Antichrist. Greater is he that we have than that which you're trying to find in the world. We have something greater to offer. We don't apologize for that. We don't, we don't, we don't feel, you know, like we're secondary. Well, you know, we wish that we could get along with this, you know, impressive world system. But, you know, we're Christians and we can't really do that. And, you know, it's a shame we can't. You know, it's not like that. Greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. We have something greater to offer. They that are in the world, therefore uh, speak they of the world, and the world heareth them. That's true, isn't it? We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know ye the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. So we want to we offer the spirit of truth. We want to offer an alternative to the spirit of Antichrist. What is the alternative to the spirit of Antichrist? The spirit of truth, the Bible says right there. The spirit of truth. Uh, in contrast with the spirit of error. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone that loveth is born of God and knoweth God. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. And now, the, 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 you know, the devil knows that this is the highest mandate in the Bible. And so that's why the devil tries to twist what love is and then make you feel like you're not a good Christian because you're not going along with the false concept of, of love. You see what he does? The devil, the devil twists everything. Everything that God says is good, he repackages and counterfeits it and, uh, and puts it out there and, and hopes that we fall for it. And so the devil says, no, you know, what love is really is just saying that everything is fine and never making anybody feel bad for, for anything that they're doing that's, you know, and, and just going along and smiling, and, and that's, that's true love. Um, he that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. But we need to get the biblical definition of what love is. What is the biblical definition of love? And the truest form of love is to help somebody with the truth so that they can be set, set free. Because that's what the truth does. It sets people free. All right? And so that gets, leads us to number four. Give an answer for your hope in Christ. Give an answer for your hope in Christ. You know, there are people that are looking for the answers. And we have people that have been to our church recently that are searching and looking for answers. And, 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 and even though it seems many times like so many people are being deceived, there are people that are, they're, they don't want to be deceived, but they don't know what's true. And so what is true then? Tell me what's true. And uh, it says there in verse 9, And this was manifest, the love of God towards us, because that God sent his only begotten Son into the world that we might live through him. And so let's, let's, let's point people to the answer of our hope in Christ of our hope in Christ. Down in verse 14 it says, And we have seen and do testify that the Father sent the Son to be the Savior of the world. And so the world is in trouble and the world is deceived, but that doesn't change the fact that the world has a Savior at their disposal if they're interested. But you know, people need to hear about that Savior. They need to be told about that Savior. Somebody told you about the Savior. Somebody told you about the Savior. Who's going to tell others about it? Well, we need to. And, uh, you know, if we, just, if we just complain about the spirit of Antichrist, well, you know, that's great. But, uh, you know, instead, we need to be proactive with what the solution is. And the solution is to give an answer uh, for our hope in Christ. And, uh, and if we're, you know, if, if all we do is show worry and concern and then we're afraid and then we're scared, 
You know, what kind of hope does that offer people? 1 Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify the Lord in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asketh you a reason for the hope that is in you with meekness and with fear. Now, how are they going to know that you have a hope unless you demonstrate that? Is there enough evidence in your life of that you have hope that others would be interested in seeing that? Right? Um, and so, number five, point to an avenue for safety in Christ. Point to an avenue for safety in Christ. Look, people, they do want to, they want to, they want to find some security. You know, they think, man, you know, well, look, inflation's going haywire, right? And so they're insecure about that. Gas prices are going way up. They're, they're insecure about that. There's sickness all over the place. They're insecure about that. You know, people, they want to find some assurance and some security, right? And, uh, and so we can point them to that. Um, and we can, we can point them to the avenue of safety in Christ. In verse 16 it says, And we have known and believed the love that God hath to us. God is love, and he that dwelleth in love dwelleth in God, and God in him. Verse 17, Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, look, people are afraid of everything that's going on here on earth. You know what that ultimately is? It's a distraction from the fact that one day, they're going to stand before a holy God in judgment. And that's going to be a much more serious peril for them than anything they ever came in contact with here on earth. And in fact, any, really the biggest dangers that they have here on earth, which really is their, 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 their health and their well-being, the biggest dangers they have on earth are what's going to usher them into that which they're going to have to reckon as far as their eternal destiny goes. So what kind of safety do we want to offer? We want to, we want to offer eternal safety. <laughs> we want to offer safety from, uh, from, from the, the, the consequences of sin. And, uh, um, well, I know it's 10 past 7, but, you know, these are pretty big truths here. And these are, this, this is the arsenal that we need to carry with us. You know, taking an hour right now to shore these things up is well worth the time. Number six, be assured that you will arrive in the presence of Christ. Be assured that you will arrive in the presence of Christ. Go back to 1 John chapter 2. 1 John chapter 2 and look at verse uh, 26. 1 John 2 verse 26. These things have I written unto you concerning them that seduce you. There it is. But the anointing which ye have received of them abideth in you, and ye need not that any man uh, teach you, but as the same anoint, anointing teacheth you all things, and is truth, and is, no, and is no lie. And even as it is taught to you, you shall abide in him. Verse 28, catch this. And now, little children, abide in him. When he shall appear, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. And uh, be assured that you are going to arrive at that time where you'll be, you'll be in the presence of Christ and live in the reality of that fact. And that is one of the most transformational truths that there is in the Bible. Because when you live your day, each day, planning on the fact that one day you're going to be in the presence of the Lord, then that's, that's, what, that's what becomes your agenda uh, for each day you live. And then, you know, a lot of the things that bug us then, they just won't bug you as much anymore. I used to get a lot more bugged and stressed out about things, you know, not too long ago, really. <laughs> and I, I mean, I'm still, you know, I'm just like you. I can get, I can get, I can, I can hyperventilate about some stuff too. But you know, 
when it comes down to it, in the big picture of things, a lot of times the things that should be really bothering me don't that much, and the things that shouldn't be bothering me that much, I allow them to bother me. It's because I'm not trying the spirit, and I'm not living in the, fa- the reality of the fact that, look, I have some really important things that God wants me to do in the light of his coming, the fact that I'm going to face him someday soon, and I'm going to be in his presence. And the greatest thing that I would desire, if I'm really thinking about it, is that one day Jesus would look at me and say, well done, my good and faithful servant. You trusted me. You invested for me. You loved what I loved. You saw people as I saw people. You invested in the things that I, that I desire for you to invest in. And uh, you, didn't, you tested the spirits. And you didn't fall for that foolishness that went against me as the truth. Um, and the world needs to see that. And uh, we need to be assured uh, what we have, that we will arrive in the presence of the Lord. And it, and it says, it speaks there in verse 28, that we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. We're not going to be, oh, no, you know, Jesus is here. Oh, man, I wasn't thinking about that today. Um, and uh, then, then number seven, lastly, know that everything will be all right if you are in Christ. Now, I know that sounds kind of, but it's true. Know that everything will be all right if you are in Christ. And, uh, and Rachel talked about the, uh, you know, the trials, and we've been talking about trials a little bit in the book of James. And the trials, you know, they, they are real and they can be grievous, but they're light affliction, uh, you know, that, that they're just a part of what we're navigating here in this world, um, ultimately, in the scope of eternity. And, and uh, no matter how big the trial here on earth, there will be another side to it, and uh, it'll be, it'll be, things will be taken care of. Um, let's end with, with uh, back in, in 1 John chapter 4 and let's end with, uh, with verse 18 this would be a great verse to end with right here 1 John 4 verse 18 says there is no fear in love but perfect love casteth out fear now you want to know if it's true love or not True love doesn't promote fear. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casteth out fear. Because fear hath torment. He that feareth is not made perfect uh, in love. And so, you know, when we realize that everything's going to be all right in Christ, you know, that, that, it doesn't mean that we don't take care and that we're not, uh, you know, cautious when it's warranted. Um, you know, uh, uh, throw yourself off the top of the pinnacle of the temple, and because you know God has to catch you. Um, no, but we're not. We're not. We're not controlled by fear as Christians. We're not controlled by fear. And because of that, you know, the devil knows that one of the greatest tools that he has is to get people's mind messed up with fear. And the spirit of Antichrist, it's in the world. And are we testing those spirits? And are we, are we showing to the world an alternative that's based upon uh, the truth of Jesus Christ? Of Jesus Christ. And more and more, two things are going to happen. People are going to be looking for that alternative, and that alternative is going to stand out more and more all the time as well. Now the pressure is going to come upon. You know, the spirit of Antichrist is going to... 
put pressure upon us. That's why the Bible says don't be conformed because the pressure is going to be there to conform. The pressure is going to be there. You're going to feel the pressure. And, uh, and don't be surprised by that. Um, it's just, it's just it's part of, it, it's part of what we, we have to face. But amidst that pressure, now look, if it's a pressure to do what's right, then yeah. We, see, we look at it, we weigh the spirit out. Yeah, that's good. That's right. That's, that's, that's biblical. We, we want to succumb to that pressure and get, and get in line, right? But when the pressure is, is the spirit of Antichrist, no. We're, we're, we say, look, you know, we, we must obey God rather than man if it comes down to it. We're willing to do that. Um, and we're happy to do that because uh, he's the one that we're sticking with. All right, I hope those truths were helpful uh, to you tonight. And uh, uh, the Christian in this age, uh, it's a great time to be a Christian. And I'm glad we have a good church. I'm glad we have the Bible. And I'm glad that we can take the Bible with us from these doors and, and uh, use it today, tomorrow, and the next day, right, uh, as we walk with him personally. So uh, thank you for your attention tonight. Let's pray. Oh, Lord.